So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley. Thank you for uh, giving me an ounce of your time and your attention. The purpose of this podcast is to help you grow your business. And I do that with three kind of key pillars to help you bring in more inquiries, to help you maximize your profits, and to help you break through your limiting beliefs. And so really grateful to have you here. Today, we're going to be talking about how to use social media to grow your creative business. And, um, and we've got someone really special to do that. And before I introduce her, uh, I'm looking at her right now, and you guys could be too. And so I want to take a quick second, although you're listening to this podcast, this episode is being recorded live in video format, and people are watching it right now weeks before you ever did. And so I want to actually invite you into that space. I want to give you the opportunity to, to see Andrea and to get early access to all of the podcast episodes. I have a mastermind group of other creatives, uh, and there's about 16,000 currently there in the group, uh, and you can get access to it. It's just over on Facebook. It's a free community. If you go to benhartley.com, forward slash mastermind, benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. It'll drop you right into the group and all of the replays of the behind the scenes podcast recording, all of the free workshops that I do and my daily coaching videos for photographers, they're all there. And so please uh, come over and join. Just if you actually want to search, I'll, I'll now introduce her, Andrea Jones. If you want to search Andrea Jones in the mastermind group, you will find this podcast episode. And so now, now, without further ado, let me introduce to you today's guest. We have Andrea Jones. I love the bio. Anytime I read the word fierce in a bio, I'm like, hell yeah, they really went full send on this thing. Andrea Jones is fiercely committed to helping creative businesses build profitable online communities through simple social media solutions. God bless alliteration. Just for a quick little shout out. Simple social media solutions. She's the host of the Savvy Social Podcast, nominated as one of the best business series podcasts in the 2020 Canadian Podcast Awards. Andrea Jones, welcome to the show. How are you? 
Oh, thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited to geek out about social media because I could talk about this all day. <laughs> yes, and I feel like we need it. Social media is one of those things that as soon as I think, oh, I'm doing, I think I got this. Like, <laughs> I think I just started to figure out this thing. Then I get that little notification on my phone that says Instagram has introduced a new feature or someone messages me and they're like, hey, Hartley, are you on Clubhouse yet? And I'm like, what? What's Clubhouse? I just started to figure out TikTok. And so Andrea, we need people like you because it's an ever evolving platform. Um, can you catch me up? just a little bit about how you became uh, an expert in this area of marketing. Yeah. And you know, I actually like social media. I'm one of those weirdos who I yeah. like the, <laughs> I like the connection. I like the, the potential. And I actually met my husband on YouTube. So for me, it's like, I live and breathe it. <laughs> Yo, hold up. As a wedding photographer, I have heard of so many couples meeting each other in the craziest ways. Nothing surprises me anymore. And you just surprised me. So can you just very quickly, I would love to hear you met him on YouTube. Tell me more about that. Yeah. I mean, we were doing interviews back in 2013, just like interviews like we're doing here today. And then we just kept talking after the show. We collaborated on a few more um, YouTube like content creation projects. And then it just developed from there. We actually moved very quickly. We met in 2013. We're married by 2014. And I moved from Atlanta to um, Canada. And that's really what kickstarted the whole business side of things. Because prior to that, I was YouTubing and mm. kind of doing it on the side. Um, for friends and family. Um, but with the move, I was able to actually like start the business. So it happened, it happened quite organically. I was just like, I like your eyes. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that so much. Okay, cool. And so, so you 20, I heard 2014, you moved to Canada and you said, that's what kicked off the business side of things. Tell me more. Yeah. So I moved and I realized that I have a degree in English literature. I couldn't technically work in the country yet because I was in the middle of getting my work visa and all of those things. And so I needed something to do. And I actually started um, blogging, guest blogging and ghost blogging online. Uh, but really where I found my specialty was social media content creation, because mm. there are a lot of people who spend so much time crafting their work they don't want to spend more time posting to Facebook. Yeah. And the beauty about social media, as you talked about in the intro, is that it never sleeps. <laughs> so yes, it I, there's, there's always work to do. So I found a repeatable business model by offering monthly retainer services, helping people do the thing that I actually already kind of like doing. So, yeah. That's incredible. Okay, awesome. Um, I'm curious. Uh, of all the social media platforms that exist today, I'd love to hear from you. I'm going to ask you a few different questions, and I'm going to do my best to not ask all the questions at once. So let me start with this one. Um, personally, what is your least favorite social media platform and why? Oh, boy. Um, least favorite? You know, currently, it's Clubhouse. <laughs> the and, whole, all the Android users just were like, yeah. 
Right. I mean, okay. I like the concept of clubhouse and I actually predicted it on my podcast in 2019. I did like a 2020 predictions episode for social media trends and I predicted an audio only social media platform. So Hmm. I don't know if I created it, but I kind of created it anyways. (laughs) (laughs) They need to update the uh, Wikipedia founders section. Andrea Jones. (laughs) Yes, I'm just waiting for my like payout there. No, but in all seriousness, I think the concept behind it is so beautiful. And the fact that, you know, we have this opportunity to have real two-way conversation with people, multi-way conversations, no matter where you are in the world, especially in the past 12 months with the global pandemic, it's such an important way to connect. My, my challenge with it is that in, in practicality, it's such a huge time consumption mm-hmm. piece. Um, and also just like any part of the internet, there's a, there's like some people who are scamming people. There's a little bit of bullying happening or a lot mm-hmm. bit of bullying happening. Um, I haven't necessarily had all positive experiences on the app. And so I think that's part of the reason why uh, it's not my favorite right now, Um, but I do see so much potential with the app and especially for people who are thought leaders and speakers and trying to make their space in the world in that way, there's, there's definitely a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. It's a, it's a space that I've been kind of testing with. I've been doing uh, in the morning, Monday through Friday uh, at 10 a.m. EST. So that means, yes, you West Coast people have to have to wake your booties up. Uh, just doing Q&A and more of like a, almost like a town hall, like a sounding board, give people a space to ask questions. But sometimes they just need to work through the ideas on their own. And then sometimes the room just completely evolves. But um, it's been good. It's been interesting. I think it has opened up an opportunity for me to have more uh, just to hear more of like what the problems are that the photographers have and to kind of work those out with them. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't quite know uh, where it's going and, and what I'm doing with it. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I got 30 minutes. Let's, let's spend some time there. <laughs> now you already suggested that there's a lot of opportunity here. Um, however, you're not a huge fan. Let, let me ask you this. Um, where do you feel like, uh, what's a a social media platform that has essentially um, maybe the greatest opportunity that you see? Mm -hmm. Like it's just waiting for people to start using it effectively or uh, yeah, maybe that's just the, I'll leave it at that. Yes. I'm loving TikTok right now. Mm. I think the TikTok algorithm is the best social media algorithm that has happened in a long time. Um, the way that that app delivers content to the exact right content that you want to see at the exact right time. And it keeps you scrolling on that app for much longer <laughs> than any other platform, I think is such a beautiful thing, especially if you have a visual brand. So if you are a creative, if you do video or content or or photo photography content, uh, there's so much space on that app for discovery. And so the potential is almost endless. I do see them slipping more into the monetization route, which, you know, mar- us marketers, we ruin everything anyway. So I think it is, <laughs> as long as they stay focused on like producing really good content and um, helping people discover it, I think it's such a, it's going to be a magical thing as that app grows. That's awesome. I'd like to spend then a little bit of time talking about TikTok and simultaneously talking about Reels. Um, Before I do that, 
I have to just jump in and and just agree. The the algorithm is is one that especially when I I think I started to train the algorithm once I started saving. When I started saving certain videos, that's when it became really polished. For the longest time, it was just like dancing girls, dancing girls, and then I was like I I would save a video of like someone talking about photography or someone talking about mindset, and it just it was like almost like a it snapped into place. It was almost like I got yelled at, like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, someone came downstairs. Never mind. I was going to go on a whole random analogy here of, of, of a daughter going to school. And then from the, you're not wearing that, are you? And then boom, it just snapped into place. Um, But uh, yeah, the, now it's, it's, uh, well, I deleted it. I should say that. (laughs) It was interesting. because the algorithm was so good, because the algorithm was so good at keeping me on, uh, it was just a time suck. It just killed my productivity. And I was like, I really, I don't need this right now. I've got, I'm up to other things. And so I had to just kind of at least set it down because it was just too polished of an algorithm. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I mean, that's basically what it's designed to do. So yep. it's doing its job, but it, it, it can be a huge commitment as well. Um, so I like to give myself little time limits, especially during the workday. Um, and then it's an optional entertainment activity, but it's in the same category for me as like watching Netflix. So it's not something that I want to do a lot of all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. It's just so, it's different than Netflix though. Netflix is like uh, uh, a filet sitting in your refrigerator waiting to be cooked, just like tempting you in that way. And TikTok is like a bag of candy that's already open in your back pocket being like, eat me. (laughs) Um, I've I've just pulled out bad analogies left and right today. Oh man. Okay. So last question before I want to, I want to dial in a little bit more on TikTok and reels. What do you feel like for small businesses um, is the most underutilized social media platform? I have to say LinkedIn. Um, So yes, because LinkedIn is almost like Facebook was when it first started in the sense that it's the feed isn't overly spammy yet. The algorithm isn't overly curated. So you may actually, I don't know, see the posts of the people you follow. Imagine that. Um, And as a content creator, or even as a small business owner who creates content, you don't need as much content. You can post once a week, even twice a week, and that's it. That's that's all you need for that Mm. platform. So I think that it's underutilized in that sense, but also the search capabilities of LinkedIn are really interesting depending on the goals of your business. So let's say you're a photographer and you want to start partnering partnering with um, like brand strategists, right? So people who build out entire entire brands, but they need someone to be their go-to photographer. You can literally go into LinkedIn and type in the word brand strategist, narrow it down to your location, and it'll give you all of the results that you need to start building those connections and those types of relationships. It's really tough to do that level of search on other platforms. And so I think there's a lot of potential there for building some strategic partnerships as long as you have a really specific goal and outcome that you want to get from the platform. Who's 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 actually on LinkedIn? It reminds me of Twitter. I'm like, who's even <laughs> who's still on Twitter? What are they doing? What's and and by the way, 
I'm going to acknowledge that even as I'm saying this, I'm saying this from a clearly biased standpoint because I'm not on Twitter and I'm not on LinkedIn. So the world revolves around me. <laughs> so clearly no one else is. But I am curious if you were to think about like the target audience of Twitter and, and like the main use uh, user base, is that the right verbiage? Cool. Yeah. Um, who is it for LinkedIn and Twitter? Yeah, LinkedIn has a lot of business-minded people there and professionals. Mm -hmm. So people who are career-focused or business-focused. So you may not find your end user there specifically. So I would say LinkedIn is great for partnerships and building Mm -hmm. that sort of connection. Um, Twitter, on the other hand, is a lot of conversation starters. And what I've been seeing lately is a lot of people in the activism space. So Mm -hmm. if you have, um, like, if you're a thought leader or a politician, or you lead a group of people and you have really uh, impactful things to say, a lot of that starts on Twitter. And you'll even see this on platforms like Instagram. People are taking screenshots of tweets. Same thing for Reddit. People are taking screenshots of tweets. So it really is the starting point for a lot of those conversations. And then they kind of get disseminated to the other platforms. Okay. Interesting. That's fantastic. Um, Can we talk about Reels? Yes. Okay. So, um, so let, let's maybe, let's maybe have a conversation around, um, yeah, reels as it relates to Instagram engagement. Um, I think still the majority of the audience that's listening today, I think the majority, not everyone, I think their primary focus is still on Instagram. Uh, as photographers, it's such a visual platform. They see a lot of their, their target client there. Um, and so there's so much energy being, being poured into that platform and it's continually evolving. And so I guess I would love a high level kind of, uh, maybe assessment, um, from you of, of where you currently see, um, Instagram and where you currently see the greatest opportunities, um, for small business owners to utilize that platform in the best way in meaning like how did you know, how to get the best engagement, um, uh, how to actually get leads, you know, from this platform. So I asked kind of a big question there, but I almost want to start with like, I'd just love to get inside your brain, Andrea. Yeah. And you know, Instagram is like six platforms in one. It's yeah. got like the feed, the stories, reels, IGTV. <laughs> um, oh, so about IGTV. <laughs> There's a lot there, uh, but I like that it's still uh, the number one platform for a lot of the business owners that I work with as well, uh, because there is a lot of opportunity there, uh, but it is constantly changing. And, you know, I feel like every year I get a, a PhD in social media for the amount that I study it. <laughs> it's, it's, it can be intense, but the, the thing that still holds true for Instagram or for any platform is you have to have content that connects with people. And at the end of the day, if you don't have content that connects with people, they'll scroll right by it and keep on going with their day. Um, And so as creatives, as photographers, it's how we can tap into that. And a lot of people, there's a difference between, you know, looking at an Instagram account because you like how it looks and actually searching out someone to hire them for a project. And that's often the line where photographers kind of straddle is, am I just posting pretty things or am I actually trying to get clients from this? So, So, yeah, go ahead. 
No, you're, you're going, go for it. I was just going to say one of the best tactics to use now. So like the overall strategy is obviously attention and creating connection, but one of the tactics that's working right now for that is reels. Um, and it's, you know, creating a story with the content that you share and and a story that people want to share with other people. If you can Mm. tap into that, you've got a winning strategy. Yes. Now, um, a few in the woods questions about reels. I, I see the, I mean, in my mind, I'm always looking to like, okay, how do I, how do I delegate? Uh, how do I outsource? How do I repurpose? You know, like all these things. And I know photographers are too, uh, when they're looking at everything that they have to get done as a small business. And so um, I have seen a decent amount of, um, TikToks being made, uh, and then saved and then uploaded as a reel. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that type of a repurposing, uh, of the content and how that's being maybe received. Yeah. You know, Instagram specifically announced recently that videos repurposed from TikTok will be seen less in the feed. Mm -hmm. Um, basically they're reducing the potential impact by looking for the TikTok branding on Mm. your video. That being said, I have still seen videos gain in popularity because of the content itself. And this is where we go back to the the concept of having great content. Mm -hmm. Um, so if it's something that worked really well on TikTok, definitely post it on Instagram. It'll probably work really well there too. Um, The workaround for this is to create your kind of original video using a different editor or natively on your camera Hmm. and then uploading it to TikTok using their editing tools, uploading it to Instagram, use their editing tools. So you can still repurpose a video, but maybe it doesn't originate in the TikTok camera or in the Instagram Reels camera. That's one way we're, we're finding a way to kind of cheat the system a little bit because Instagram has said they're trying to, basically they don't want people to create videos on TikTok. They're starting an initiative to pay influencers to stop posting on TikTok and only use Instagram Reels as a way to have more people use their tool over the competitor. Yeah. All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, Gusto. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982 and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, This is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, They make like like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. 
You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work. But Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, the really cool thing, too, is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, it gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. May I ask, and I'm sure many of the users are curious as well, do you have any app uh, recommendations for producing a piece of video that you could use on both TikTok and on a reel that you're like, man, this app, yeah, it is $2.99, but please get it because <laughs> it'll save you, you know, so much time. Cause I'm here for that. I, I've always looked for the free app, but when it comes down to cutting hours off of my time to just do something right, this is why I pay for Photoshop. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, I kind of cheat this a little bit in that I just have a video editor <laughs> who I'm oh, just Oh, like a professional video to. editor. Like you've got a person. <laughs> yeah, I have a person. You need to get yourself an employee is what you need. <laughs> um, because I'm not the best at editing, but I have heard a few apps out there. Um, Elsie Derma has a YouTube video that has a bunch of recommendations. Elsie um, Derma? Yes. Um, she oh wait, is, is it Elsie like E L or is it like just the letter L and then the letter C? It's E L I S. Oh, hold on! I'm now rethinking how I'm saying her name. Have oh, I ever so said good. it out loud before? <laughs> it's good, Elsie Dermot. We'll, we'll figure it out. That's what Google's for. Yeah, yeah. She's got some great content on like how to edit videos for for reels and things like that. But um, I personally. I'm actually not the best editor, so I just okay. can't speak to that. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. I, I always like to try to extract both high-level thoughts, but then like direct kind of application things. And so we'll do a little dig in here. Elsie Derma, we'll see what we can find out uh, from the editing side of things. Um, I'm curious from a productivity side. I, there was a season that I dedicated to creating a TikTok back when I had the app once a day. Uh, for 30 days. And I got to tell you, Andrea, uh, it was hard, mostly because of the amount of time that it actually took to produce one of these single TikToks or reels, like uh, just from an editing standpoint, from a cutting, like starting, stopping, okay, and then I'm going to point here and then this is going to splice and it's going to do these things and, and the music cutting. And, um, and, and on top of it, I really believe in batching um, like batch editing, batch processing. And what I'm noticing is with reels and TikToks that the best thing to do to create engagement is to go off of whatever seems to be trending that day or hour, uh, in popularity. And so it's also meant that I can't actually batch <laughs> because everything has to get made based off of what's happening. Am I missing something or is it actually this hard? Here's the thing. Okay. So it is that hard, but okay. <laughs> there are two, 
two thoughts that I have behind this. The first one is truly understanding what role social media plays in your business. Okay. So for me, for instance, my ideal person actually isn't on social yet or is in the beginning stages. So Mm -hmm. typically my strategy is through partnerships. I want to find people get on shows like this one to maybe reach audiences I hadn't reached before. So my actual social strategy is different than someone whose goal it is to like be a YouTube celebrity, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to kind of figure out the role that social media plays in your business first, and then you can build a strategy from there. And then the second thought is there's this almost like sliding scale between content creator and business owner. And you have to kind of figure out where you are on that scale. And I, my guess is a lot of people listening to this are closer to the business owner side than the content creator side. So what I mean by that is if you're a photographer in your local area and you only can take a certain number of bookings, like wedding bookings each year, you only need a certain number of of clients. So you don't necessarily need a massive audience in order to fill that need of your business. Whereas content creators, if you're selling a photography coaching program and it's maybe, maybe it's a low cost membership and you need a large audience in order to fill that need, you're probably closer to the content creator side of things because you need to produce a lot of content to reach way more people to get people into your audience. So it depends on where you are on that sliding scale. Now for the business owner side, I almost would say, just don't worry too much about TikTok. If you're on Instagram, focus on Instagram. If you want to play around with Instagram reels, make sure you have a really solid primary strategy first, before you start spending time testing other things. Um, if you're a content creator, then it's almost a must to produce that level of content. And it really depends on your time at that point, how much time you have to commit to that. I've heard people say you need three to five TikToks a day. I personally cannot keep up with that level of output. Um, I I can, (laughs) yeah. Um, my sweet spot is one a week and that's what works for me. And so it's really take some testing to figure out what works for you. And even then I'm a marketer, this is my job. And so you got to figure out what's actually reasonable Mm. for the goals that you want to get to in your business. I think this is probably rather refreshing for someone to hear from a social media expert that like, for me, it's one a week (laughs) and that's okay. Um, and that's okay. You know, I, I do like that the name of your podcast is the simple social media, simple social media solutions. And I think that in the, the benefit of that is you actually do something like it actually happens versus, uh, for example, using myself here, I, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to post TikTok once a day for 30 days. And, and then, and now I'm not posting at all. It's like, I got so overwhelmed with the process of trying to figure it out. And so things aren't so simple, but they're also not even getting done. Um, I think there's a really healthy balance with that. Do you, do you mind speaking to that a little bit more? Yeah. And it's the mindset piece to it all. I think it's almost like someone saying it, like, let's say it's money and you're trying to save a certain amount of money. You could like cut down to eating ramen noodles for the rest of your life and you would save a bunch of money, but that's like, as a human, not a lot of us would choose to do that. Plus I, I love ramen though. <laughs> 
I know, right? And it's so affordable, but so it's human nature is like, we're going to do things outside of that. So when we're budgeting for our money, we think about those things. Like I have a budget, for instance, to get my nails done and to buy makeup. And like, do I necessarily need those things? No, but they're part of my life. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about social media and the budgeting your time, I think in, in an ideal world, of course you could do all of the things, but you burn out so quickly if it's not something you really truly want to do, or if it's not really making a difference in your business. And so I see that happen all the time with business owners who they follow this plan and they're posting every day and they do it for five days and then they're exhausted and they don't log into Instagram for a whole nother month. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'd much rather you see, see you post once a week for those four weeks and then build up from there and then have something that's sustainable that you can do over time rather than trying to do the most all at once and then getting overwhelmed or feeling burnt out and not picking it up again. And so it is that balance between, you know, finding a way to do this for your business and finding a way to do this in a way that works for you. Um, and the last analogy I use since you like analogies is it has um, to hold on. It has to be a bad analogy. (laughs) That's what I, I like bad analogies, like real obscure. Okay. I feel like, okay, I can make this obscure. (laughs) It's like trying to become a crossfitter. Okay. And let's say you want to have like muscles on muscles on muscles. You could like wake up and go to the gym on a Saturday and like freaking crush it, but you're not going to be a CrossFitter just in that one day. Right. Like that takes years of practice. Is that bad enough? I feel like, I feel like sometimes that's what we do. Yeah. We look, we look at that person on Instagram. Who's like our version of CrossFit and we go, Oh my gosh, they're so buff. I want to be that buff. And then we go all out and we try so hard to be that, Mm -hmm. but we're not even there yet. We we're like over here with like five and 10 pound weights. (laughs) And like, I think we just need to be okay with like, you know what? I'm at 10 pounds. Maybe in a year I'll be up to like a hundred pound weights. And then the year after that, I'll get up to 200 pounds or however they do it. I don't, obviously I don't have muscles, so I don't know, but, um, I think some of it is that, you know, working with what you have and working where you are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you spoke to the tendency for us to compare, uh, what's the phrase compare our beginning to someone else's end or middle, (laughs) even, even when I think about like my Facebook group. I mentioned earlier, I think at the intro of this, that there's a Facebook group that I have that has 16,000 people in it. Uh, I've had the group for seven years, I believe. I got to go look at the math exactly. Seven years. Um, And it took, I mean, there's 16,000 now. It took six of those years just to get to 3000. <laughs> and, uh, and that probably all happened in the sixth year was for like, you know, from whatever it is. And in the last, in the seventh hour, you know, like the seventh year is, is maybe something started to click. And probably the thing that started to click was like, it took that long to be like, Oh, this guy's actually still here. <laughs> like he's still showing up. He's actually the real deal. Like he keeps caring and he keeps showing up. Uh, maybe I'll tell my friend about him. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, I like, I beat them down long enough. <laughs> um, yes. yeah, yeah. The consistency side of things. Um, okay. There is a, a, I'm curious, you had mentioned earlier to decide, you know, what was, what would be the right, maybe social media strategy for you? And, uh, and that's, that's kind of dependent on, on what you're up to, what your goals are, if you're more of a content creator or a business. I'm curious how you might 
um, uh, maybe advise a photographer who's listening to this episode right now. And let's maybe wrap it into, give you a little bit more to work with here. So let's say there's a portrait photographer, maybe they photograph families and, um, uh, and so their goal is to photograph maybe 10 families a month. I'm making some things up here. And so um, how might they measure the success of, of one of these platforms to decide, do I stay? Do I keep making reels? You know, how do you measure the success of, of Instagram as a platform, you know, versus a Facebook group or something like that? Do you have any thoughts on, on how they might decide to add more time to it, to produce more content or to dial it back? Yes. So I'd like to think of this with time versus content produced because some content takes more time mm. and than others. And what I've actually found historically is that the content that takes the least amount of time to produce ends up being the content that people like the best. Okay. <laughs> so instead of like the, the best shoot you've ever done, maybe it's like a local celebrity and you're really proud of it. It's like that behind the scenes shot that like someone took of you and posted mm. on their feed that actually resulted in more bookings, right? Mm -hmm. And so especially as photographers, we get really precious about our work and how it's being perceived and presented in the world. Um, so I do like to put a time limit. And I think that can really help you see the ROI on the time that you're putting into it. So typically I recommend spending one hour a week on actually organizing the photos for your feed. I like to use Planoly for this. Um, organize your photography photos, maybe write some captions, only spend an hour on it. So when you first start, that may only be one or two posts. You probably work up to about five or six posts a week is where a lot of my clients are in that time limit, in that time mm. period. Uh, but then I also want you to spend 15 to 20 minutes a day actually engaging on the platform. And the reason that that's important is because you want the local businesses to know who you are. You want the people in your communities to know who you are. And the only way that they'll know that is by you consistently showing up. So as far as metrics though, how do we know if this is actually working? There's a few things that I want you to look at in your account. The first thing is saves. So Instagram loves the save feature right now. So if you see more people saving your content month over month, you're headed in the right direction. Especially now it's really tough because the world is all wonky and we may have like repackaged our services. So we have to reintroduce them to the world. And it's a little bit hard to tell if things are being successful or making forward progress. But if people are saving your content, that's a really good indicator of interest. They go, oh, I saw this photographer. I want to save this for later to come back to it. Mm. Maybe I want to hire them for my graduation next year or for the family picnic when we can finally get together again, that sort of thing. The second metric I want you to look at is shares. And shares, are, in my opinion, are even more powerful than saves mm. because people are sharing your content. And in Instagram, in the insights, you can see how many times your content has been shared, even if it's to a private account, even if it's via DM. So that's really important. It doesn't always mean they're sharing it to their stories, which is, you know, how most people share it. And so if those two metrics are constantly increasing, that's a good indicator of interest. Love it. Um, a, few, a few other things to consider, like if you're not seeing bookings come in, if you're not seeing people saying, I found you on Instagram. Um, one of the things you may want to start looking at is 
your languaging on your posts. So photographers, we love to focus so much on like the aesthetic and making sure that it looks good. But Mm -hmm. in the actual post, does it say where you're located, how you work, how do people book you? You don't have those things consistent so much so that you're getting annoyed at typing them then you need to start typing them because your post is mixed into all of the other photographers that they follow, plus their friend's dog and their sister's kid and whatever else the case may be. So repeat that information so much so that it's it's almost like a little commercial, like people hear the jingle in their head when they see your content. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I would suggest is just start asking. I think sometimes we, we hesitate on whether this platform is working for us and we just make a decision without checking in with our mm-hmm. with our people. So a really great way to do this is Instagram stories. Put up a question sticker. Um, you know, what questions do you have about my services? Um, it, are you like, do a poll? Are you looking to book in the next one month, three months, six months? Like really get an understanding of who the individuals are in your accounts and where they are in this stage of their process and start selling. I think we shy away from talking about our stuff. We just want people to like find us and go, this is amazing. And then hire us tomorrow. And it doesn't really work that way a lot of the time. It's awesome. Yeah, we're, we're pretty averse to the the notion of selling as an industry. Um, do you have, uh, when you say start selling <laughs> so so chipperishly, do you have any, um, do you have any advice on, on how to do that without also uh, like um, burning your audience or having them feel like they want to kind of unfollow you because it's just a sales pitch? Yeah. Now we're having another conversation, by the way, in sales. (laughs) Yes. And this is tough because there is a delicate balance. Um, It's the difference between, okay, here's another bad analogy for you. Yes. I'm here for it, Andrea. (laughs) It's the difference between someone coming up to you in Starbucks and going, I like your dress and someone coming up to you in Starbucks and going, oh my God, marry me. Like there's something a bit aggressive about jumping straight to like the end result versus like, Hey, you're cute. Can I have your number? Like, I feel like that's the nuance that we're looking for on social and in, in our posts. So a lot of this has to do with feelings and storytelling. So, you know, talking about, instead of talking about the what, like, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we will capture your graduation pictures. It's talking about the why, why is that important? You want to save this moment forever. You want to showcase this to your friends and family. You want to be able to have something to look back on in the years to come. So it's really tapping into the reasons why your clients hire you in the first place Mm -hmm. and using their words in the social media posts. Um, And then having at the end saying, if this is something you're interested in, here's where you can find more information. Um, And so really just kind of using the storytelling, but also giving, like putting a handout and letting them know, hey, if this is something you're interested in, here's how you find more information. Yeah, that's awesome. Andrea, this is great. You're like a wealth of of information. You've got so much uh, really clear advice. And again, I started the episode saying this, but we need it because it's just constantly changing and, and I'm constantly behind. It feels like, um, if people want to stay connected to you, they want to stay with the finger on the pulse of what's going on in social media. Uh, can you invite people to, to connect with you, to follow you in in certain locations? Where can they find you at Andrea? 
Yeah. So Instagram's also my platform of choice. Um, at online Drea, that's online D R E A is my Instagram handle. And then if you want to just dive more into my philosophy on social media and start building out your own strategy, I do have a free course. You can find it at onlinedrea.com slash free. Um, and that, you know, it has a workbook, it has some, um, captions for you that you can kind of get things jump started, as well as an overview of a strategy that you can start applying today. It's awesome. I love your handle online Drea. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Online Drea. That's so good. I love it. Well, Hey, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, thank you for reaching out and connecting with me and sharing, uh, everything that you're up to, uh, to the audience. Really appreciate your value and, and your time today. Thank you again. Thanks so much for inviting me. This was fun. Yeah. Photographers, thank you for listening to Online Drea, Andrea Jones. Uh, she's a real gem. And listen, if you are listening to the podcast, I, I just got to encourage you, please go over to the Mastermind group. Uh, she's got the biggest smile. Like you've got to, you just got to like, she was talking really about like connection. And um, Andrea is someone who like, you're going to want to learn from, you're going to want to actually like connect with. And so head on over to the mastermind group, benhartley.com forward slash mastermind, search for Andrea, A-N-D-R-E-A, Andrea Jones, uh, and you'll get a chance to see and connect with her. Thank you so much for listening and tuning into this episode. And we'll see you in the next of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Bye everyone. Bye everyone.